What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMixy, and this is Nice Minds. I'm with a very, 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 like I say every time, very special guest today, my homie Dan Bianco. What's good, my dude? Not much, man. Just got done with work, you know, hanging out. Not much going on. So how we know each other, we go way back. We uh, we go back to like 2005, I want to say, because I started at the Maple Grove Community Center when I was 20 years old, and I, uh, you were like 11 when I met you, right? Yeah, so about 2005, 2006, I want to say. That's crazy. That's that's nuts. Cause, cause yeah, I so I started at the Maple Grove Community Center when I was 20, and. It was this job that literally like I think about that that time of my life and I'm just like I was doing nothing with my life. Like I was like I mean I was I was doing stuff. I mean but like I was obviously working there but like I was working this part-time job at the community center for like 7 years in my 20s and I was you know kind of doing the rap thing and like you know doing shows, going to shows, uh you know make but hibernating and making beats and working this part-time job and i let that go on like my whole 20s so it's crazy um but yeah so i remember you as as little danny bianco and um we we got to know each other right away and uh i i remember every all the the staff there was like oh danny's so annoying he's he's this he's that i'm like i'm like nah danny's the homie danny's cool as shit um but yeah, what do you remember about those days? I remember the the year before I ended up going to the teen center and just really wishing I could go. I wasn't old enough yet. And my mom always worked at that lifetime that was connected to it. So I was always right there. Finally, I got to the age where I could go. Uh, I think it was pretty quickly I got introduced to you probably in the first like two weeks of going there. You probably worked your shifts. And I just, I remember like, very quickly wanted to like help out, do small things. I kind of got close to the the manager there, the person that was the your boss, and uh, got close with all of the people that were there. It was just my place to like, I don't know, be myself. I guess do use the computer. You know, those were back in the days where not everybody had a computer on the their fingertips or anything, so I could use the computer. Facebook had just came out, MySpace and stuff, so I was using that. Video games were there. I didn't really have a whole lot of consoles and stuff as a kid. but And then I just remember as uh, months went on and years went on where I'd be there more and more, uh, just sitting in the office and talking with the people that were working, talking with you. I mean, I probably spent, I mean, every day that you worked, I was there. I mean, I was there literally every day after school for four or five years. So, oh, yeah. Um, we would we probably spent every day you taught, you worked like an hour or two just sitting in the office and talking and man so i just remember it was good times teen center was those were good years i enjoyed those years very much yeah and i didn't even realize until recently and we we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started how much i helped like shape your musical taste and like just different things as like a like a mentor figure which i i didn't even realize until later yeah so you know, as I've gotten older, I've started to kind of piece together, like, who were my mentors when I was growing up? Like, who kind of shaped who I was? And, yeah, the people at the teen center were definitely people that shaped me. And then you in particular, because uh, you were probably one of the ones that worked there that I was closer with, that I actually considered, like, yeah, that's my friend. Like, yeah, that's yeah, it's Brandon. Yeah, we do this. We talk about this. So, you know, the sitting in those the office sitting there for hours i mean we talk about music and i mean you got me on the kanye like i knew who kanye was but you knew music you know and you were you were somebody that you were actually like the first older person that i had met that was really into music and really into rap and hip-hop you know and my parents didn't grow up with that type of music so you know you you kind of exposed me to some different types of music or different sounds things i hadn't heard and uh and even your music too, like uh, the Nice Guy album, the, that first one with the, the cartoon sitting on the, the front steps there. I mean, uh, yeah, you you ended up really shaping me as just a person for sure because we had conversations about, you know, just middle school, high school, you know. I remember a specific like relationship thingy. It wasn't a relationship, but, you know, something I liked a girl. Like you helped me 
wrap my head around that stuff. And then, yeah, of course, music. Definitely a huge mentor in my life. As I as I look back on that, you kind of shaped who I am today. That's dope, man. And that's crazy because I feel like that was the start of me doing that for countless other people. And I, 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 I didn't, I mean, I, maybe there was people that I did that for before that. Um, like maybe like some of my younger brother's friends or something like that. But that just kind of, uh, I guess, just started a a lifelong thing where I, I love to mentor younger people and um, and work with younger people and especially uh, younger creatives and stuff. Um, and I told you that I would get you on this podcast once you started doing something creative, because this podcast is all about creative people, you know, different kinds. And you started a podcast called The Roses That Be. I did. And so you first presented the idea to me and you're like, hey, man, I'm thinking of doing a bachelor podcast. Or you were like, I don't even think you said bachelor right away, but you were like, um, I, I'm thinking about doing this podcast and you might think it's kind of dumb, whatever. And, and I'm like, oh, what is it? And you're like, a bachelor podcast. And I'm like, oh, I fucking hate The Bachelor. And like, because I remember watching uh, good, like Good Morning America with my mom and like talking with her and just being like, oh, it's so stupid. I can't, I can't get into this. Like, uh, like, why are people into this? And she'd be like, yeah, it's dumb. But then when you, so when you presented the idea, I was like, I was like, all right. You know, I can maybe do that, and um, and you hire me to do it, but bro, like you, you're what? This will be like 14 episodes when this, yeah. 15 episodes when this, and dude, it's been amazing. Like it's it's a great podcast, bro. So how did you come up with the idea? I used to be like you, Brandon. I, I didn't like the show. Uh, I was a high school student uh, or high school age person. I was at my girlfriend's house, and she put on. Uh, bachelorette season was emily maynard and i mean we watched it and it was whatever but i remember thinking it was so dumb and at that time i'd only been exposed to like flavor of love i love new york like those shows on vh1 and stuff so i was just it kind of fit into that category for me it was just kind of fake reality tv whatever so i didn't really like the show and then fast forward like seven years or so and i meet my now fiance and she has me watch the show and I'm a little grown now. I kind of like, I'm an English teacher. I, you know, I went to school to be an English major. So I kind of like like the stories behind things and whatnot and the behind the scenes aspects of things and how things work. And so we're watching the show and I ended up kind of developing that liking for it and figuring out that there was a story behind each person and, you know, there was a past and a future and it kind of, it's really cool to kind of look and analyze that stuff. So uh, I went back and watched like every season possible that I could all the way back to like 2007 um, and watched everything and just got super into it. And I've watched it multiple times and stuff. And and yeah, so now we go to what, 14 weeks ago, 15 weeks ago. I mean, when I had the idea, I got it in motion pretty much after you gave me the like the Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. So, yeah, a few months ago, I was like, you know, there's only a few people that do interviews with the cast of the show um and one of them was on the show and the other one is reality steve who's you know just a huge reality person if you watch reality tv and you know other people do it too but they're the top the top two and i was like you know let's have a fan do it why not and they don't ask all the great questions like i'm gonna go ahead and do it this way and you know we'll kind of shape it about you know how things have changed and you know you get to see where people have ended up since being on the show so yeah i just thought i'm gonna do this it'll be fun like but the the trick was how could i possibly get people to go on the show so yeah after i texted you i remember just like you said i said you're gonna think this is stupid because you know i don't tell a lot of people that i like watch the bachelor you know and i threw the idea at you you said it was solid so i don't know i just started hitting up people on facebook and or adding them on Facebook. And I got like one hit eventually. And they said, yep, they'll do it. And they accepted my friend request. And then after that, it just started snowballing. And I'm referring mostly to just like getting the people on for the podcast. But it just started snowballing. Like, yeah, Facebook, those algorithms, once you get a friend, like one friend added, now everyone that's their friend gets exposed to you. And so one after the other, people would 
accept me as a friend. And the next thing you know, like these huge millions of followers or a million plus followers on Instagram are my friends on Facebook and they're responding to my messages and telling me, yeah, I'll be on the, the podcast and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it kind of, once that steamrolled, I got the confidence and I started the podcast and now we're 13 episodes in, 14 episodes in after Saturday this week. You had to have been scared shitless like the first one. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. Like I was truly, you have to imagine like I'm, I'm watching this season from 2010. The first person I talked to was Elizabeth Kitt, who's this amazing person. And she was on the show back in 2010. And, you know, I had just watched her season this past summer. I really like binged a lot of the stuff this past summer. So I had just seen her on TV this summer. She'd been on like three, you know, a couple of spinoff shows too. So, you know, she'd been on my TV screen for a minute. And then she pops up on my computer screen and I'm talking to her. And there was that starstruck moment where, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to admit it, maybe some people aren't like this, but it's like, yeah, it's that, that's someone you just saw on TV. You're kind of a little bit like, oh, this is, even if it's a reality TV star and not, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, it's still like, oh my gosh, they were just on TV. Like, hi, how are you? You're kind of nervous. So, and you can hear that. I think when you listen to the episode, some people don't, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, when I listen to it and I don't listen to him much, but it's, I, it feels scripted, you know, you, I can tell that I'm reading from something and I was definitely nervous and shoot still, even now I'm, you know, I get a little nervous the first five minutes or so, but once you start to realize that it's just, you're talking to one person and that's it. Like, I mean, even at the beginning of our little podcast here, like I fucked up the little intro, like, and then we're, we're good to go. So yeah. Nerves happen for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as somebody who deals with constant anxiety, I mean, I'm the same way, man. I get I get nervous before every interaction, like ever. Like no matter what. Like I, I get nervous still before these podcasts, like every time. I mean, it's it's a little less nowadays, but um it's still it's still there. Um it's just part of who I am and um just my nature. Um which brings me to my next question. Uh I I know that you touch on a lot of uh heavy subjects in this um like you you really dive into like mental health stuff and you you ask some really tough and personal questions and people are very open with you um is there a reason why you do that there is i mean it's a two-part reason like the small reason is just that it i mean that's a big part of being on the reality tv show is you know how being on reality tv and the manipulation that you can face with producers and such like that, like can affect you. And then the hate that you could get on social media afterwards or blogs back in the day and such. So I do touch on it for that reason, but then there's also like the personal reasons. And that's, you know, I had my fair share of, you know, struggles as far as with depression and anxiety, uh, you know, probably six or so years ago for, for a few years for sure. And, so it's important to me. I think, you know, not a lot of people talk about it. I mean, when I was growing up, it was definitely, and probably even when you were growing up, I mean, people didn't really talk about that stuff. It wasn't really like a thing. Like you, you knew the words depression and anxiety, but it was just, I had almost had a negative con- connotation to it. I mean, it, it did, I feel like. And nowadays I feel like more people are open and talking about it. And I want to be a part of that as well. And I think it just helps to I don't know, share your experience or at the very least open up and say, you know, I battled with anxiety. There was a point in my life where I was so anxious that I couldn't even get out of bed, you know, or I just lay on the couch. I mean, and it all happened like that. I mean, it's the craziest, craziest experience. If anyone listens to Logic, when he talks about um, his anxiety attack while waiting, I think it was at a Star Wars um movie line yep yeah and he had that and he and if you listen to his lyrics in that song like or i think he might have even just been talking in that moment but um it's exactly like that i mean i was at thanksgiving dinner at the house that i'm sitting in right now and it all of a sudden at dinner it's just i don't know if anyone's ever like felt it's a panic attack i guess is is all i'll say is it's just like you had a panic attack and I just, I felt like I couldn't breathe and I felt like my heart was going too crazy. It just all happened so fast in front of like two guests, you know, my family and then two guests. I just, 
I had to go sit in the bathroom and I had no clue what was going on. And so it's just, it starts like that. And, you know, I don't, I feel like people shouldn't be ashamed to, to say that they battled through that. And I think it helped, it helps people when you do share that that happened because then people don't feel like they're crazy or weird. And I think that's how it spirals. You know, you start to feel like what's wrong with you, what's going on, you know, why am I feeling like this? My peers aren't feeling like this. I don't see them doing, dealing with this, you know, and you know, that's why it's whenever an athlete comes out and says, or a celebrity comes out and says like, yeah, I battled with this and this is what I was going through. I, I just, I'm like, so I don't know, I'm happy because it's like, you need, you need kids to hear that. You need adults to hear that. You need everyone to hear that stuff that people have gone through things. So that's why it's important to me. That's why I like talking about it. And if my listeners can, you know, hear some of those things, maybe that'll help them not go on Instagram and tell people to go kill themselves after they did some dumb thing on reality TV, you know, for five minutes on a, you know, it's just, you know, that's a big piece of it. And going back to like the other part, it's people that were on the bachelor get so much hate and it's so undeserved. And it's, it's, it's worse than just like, Oh, I wish you didn't do that. Why'd you do that? It's like, you're a bitch. Fuck you. Go kill yourself. I mean, it's horrible stuff that people will post on, you know, someone's social media. And uh, gosh, even recently with like the racism stuff that's been kind of brought to light with The Bachelor, it's like people went on Rachel Lindsay's uh, Instagram and just lit her up with stuff that you would think this is like the 1950s, but it's, you know, it's 2021. It's like, we're not getting past this stuff. It's just ridiculous that things like that are out there, but and it does affect some of the contestants. So I like to talk about those things. And I think it also helps them to, to be able to talk about their experience. Um, at least that's what I've been told. So, and that, that feels great as well to give, it's what I've said with my podcast. You know, I want to give everybody an opportunity to share their story. And if part of their story is some of the struggles that they had dealing with the manipulation they felt on the show, or even maybe the breakup, if they got that far into the show, show and it, you know, that affected them or, the hate on social media afterwards, it's, you know, I want to give them an opportunity to share that story. So yeah, that's why I like talking about those things. It's, I just think it's important. It should be normalized to have those types of conversations. Absolutely. And that's what I love about it too. Uh, I feel like it really humanizes these people because we look at these people on TV and, or, you know, even like in the music scene, um, and for years, I would do the, like this thing where I would put people on a pedestal and be like, oh, they're so perfect. And they're this and that. Um, I, you know, but I deal with all this fucking mental shit and like all this shit, like, like I wish I was as cool as them or, and you know, I think it, it humanizes people, um, when people talk about those things, those struggles and stuff. And it lets people know that like, yo, you can, you know, be on TV or you can be creative or you can be, you know, that you can do those things too. You're not any different than those people, you know? So, um, and that's what I try to do with this this podcast as well. I mean, there's been a few where we haven't really touched on anything um, mental health wise, but I I I I really want it to be men- mental health centered um, because I do feel like so many creatives uh, go through those type of things. Um, like I mean, like I said, like I go through debilitating sometimes anxiety, and I've the more I think about it and the more I I remember, I mean, I've had depression issues since I was a child. And I mean, I was uh, in as early as middle school, I started being medicated for different things like anxiety or, um, ADD, um, depression. And I, like all through high school, um, I was heavily medicated, you know, because of all those things. And, um, it's just, it's something that I, I can't even remember a time in my life that I haven't battled it you know i'm 36 now and um it's still issues that that i face on a regular basis um and so yeah so i really appreciate you opening up about that and you talking about that with these people um because there is a stigma for sure there definitely is there definitely is a stigma and yeah like i mean like we just said it's talking about it hopefully ends that stigma you know as, as it becomes more and more normalized it it'll end those types of things. So yeah. And, and, and like you, you know, you had said that it, it affected you, you know, probably since middle school and like being medicated and whatnot. It's like me, same thing that I had ADHD meds, but 
you know, I didn't get on the anxiety or depression stuff until I actually had that panic attack when I was 20. Um, but I, you know, when I look back, like there were pieces of, you know, I was never diagnosed with anxiety or depression when I was younger, but like I started to kind of look back on instances in my younger, my life when I was younger and realize like that was probably just a, a tiny bit of that. I mean, when I was really young, I was super scared that like I was, I was, you know, I thought like a, a bruise was, might've been cancer. Cause I heard on the radio that somebody had a bunch of bruises and they, they got diagnosed with cancer. And it was probably like five when I, that, you know, happened, but it was like, there it was. And it was probably for like a week straight. I was really just scared of, of anything. Like, could I be sick? Am I, is something going to happen to me? And, you know, small things like that. And then anything through high school, I mean, there's probably tons of situations, but yeah. Anyway, it's, it's talking about it ends the stigma and if more people talk about it, it's going to be better for everyone, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what you told me um, about you, like when you were little and how uh, like health anxiety and uh, hypochondria, my girlfriend really has health anxiety and I do to a certain extent, but um, my girlfriend's all stemmed from her brother having cancer. And then my mom was diagnosed with cancer three years ago. So her and I have that shared trauma in common now um so you know like when covid hit for example um you know i i've been taking it seriously i mean like i've only gotten together with maybe a handful of people if that um in like a year plus i mean i've definitely developed this routine of like you know going home and um going to work and you know, just going for walks and it's been like that for a whole year and just doing my work and all that stuff. And, um, it's, de it's definitely related to some of my mom's cancer. I know it is. I mean, I, I probably would have done that regardless, but you know, I, I, when the, when COVID hit, it made me really, really take it seriously because of my, my trauma, you know? Yeah. The hypochondria stuff is, I mean, it stinks to deal with. I mean, any little thing. And I and I dealt with a tiny bit of that when COVID first started. I mean, I have asthma. And so initially when it first started, I was very like, oh man, I hope I don't get it. I mean, I wasn't wearing a mask in the very, very beginning, you know, before masks became yeah. mandated and all that. But like, I was, I was thinking about it. It was on my head all the time. Like, oh shoot. And I remember like holding my breath in areas like, prior like if somebody if was in a small confined space like initially I was like ah you know and uh luckily I mean I didn't deal with that the, the whole time it I ended up kind of moving away from that feeling but um it's I mean just that I get that little bit of anxiety and stuff like that I mean like those are instances where I definitely still will deal with it and uh, I don't know if I had mentioned earlier, like I, I don't, cause you had said you still battle with it for, you've had it pretty much extensions of yep. whole life. And, and I think the same way for me, um, except for, I just was, and was, I guess probably the same for you, but it was like, I had that moment where it was like the, the worst. And I had like this packet of like, it was the worst where I was dealing with it. And then eventually I got to like this, you know, routine controlled, like I know how to deal with it and stuff. And, but there's always these small little things that'll, you know, trigger the anxiety or whatnot. And like the, the hypochondria, the small little bit of that is one of them. Or for me, it's, it's like death, like whatever that oh, yeah. fear is, like what happens after life. That's yep. the, yep, me too. That's the one that gets me like, yep. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's the one that gets me sitting there and you start to think about like, what well, what happens when you die? Like, does yep. it just turn black? <laughs> right. Does it just turn black? Or like, yep. is, are we going to live another life? Or like, do you go to heaven? You know, like what happens? It's, I don't know. It's yeah, just, uh, it's scary. Like when you start to think yep. about that stuff, that's, that's definitely something that will get me for sure. For real. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, like, I mean, I've gotten a lot better. I mean, especially in the last couple of years, I mean, uh, I think it's uh, I COVID really uh, in a weird way like yeah it gave me like this health anxiety stuff but at the same time because I was so alone with my thoughts it made me love myself you know and love what I do and like love people more and appreciate people more and 
Um, like, I mean, I think I, we've kind of talked about this, but um, my business has boomed since COVID. I mean, it's like it's it. I'm I, I'm like I have to schedule my days like to a T. You know, I still work a day job, but like at the same time, it's like you know I'm doing editing your podcast on a regular basis. I'm working on mixing a buddy's album. I'm doing like radio commercials. I'm doing another person's po- uh these group of doctors podcast. Um, and that's I mean that's not as regular as yours, but that's like once a month. Um, but yeah, man. So I mean. In the last couple of years, it's really like made me focus and and just appreciate myself and appreciate my life, you know? Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, it's definitely everyone needs that, like, not necessarily alone time, but like time to, to just be in your own thoughts, start to think about things. And when you're able to do that, you're able to grow as a person. And that's one thing that I hope a lot of people took away from this past year and a half i feel like we're kind of on that end of it where now we're starting to get back into you know going out and doing things again and you know hopefully people in this last year and a half have had those moments of of growth to yourself you know work on yourself a little bit um and like you said you have i definitely feel like i have just trying to I mean, I graduated college in the midst of this and stuff. Talk about that. Like, I didn't even know until until you, um, you started talking about this podcast that you you became a teacher. Like, how did that yeah. all start? I ended up playing junior hockey after high school for a few years. Oh, so, word! I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was kind of suitcasing it around the the country, and uh, so I did that. And I think it it wasn't until I was nineteen. No, 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 my bad. Like twenty one. 20 yeah 2021 that I, I got back home uh my dreams of playing in the nhl did not follow through and uh yeah i just I, I wanted to go back to school i wasn't a good student when i was a kid that's the big thing like i, I was i mean i was smart i was really smart i did not apply myself one bit i did not try at all in high school um and i'd get in trouble a lot like you said i was like really annoying uh, to some people at the community center, uh, yeah, ask any teacher I had in high school, I was really annoying. Um, so yeah, I wasn't anyone that anyone would have pegged to be a teacher, but uh, I ended up going to college just to go back to school, just to try to do something. And then I found a coaching job where I used to train as a goalie. And I started to work with kids and like, they get so happy when you teach them something and they do it right. And I, I don't know, some started to click like, oh, I love this. Right. So that I kind of continued the coaching for a bit. Um, and I thought, ah, I'll go do like community college, do a f- couple of education classes or whatnot. And I ended up getting like a coaching job at uh, Breck High School. So like I continued my, you know, coaching and whatnot and you know, working with kids and having that satisfaction of a young mind, like learning something from you or, you know gaining something from something that you had to say or your own experiences. And then I eventually started working at the old schools that I had gone to as like a para. And I went to college and my mom was a para for a while. Was she? Yeah. yeah. Para life is crazy. Para, para life is insane. You're just, I don't know. You want the kids to all love you, but at the same time, you're the one that really has to lay down the law. So you can't, mm-hmm. there's like this line, right? You, if the kids like you too much, well, you want them to like you all the time. Let me rephrase. If the kids get too comfortable with you, meaning that you you get too much on their level, they they eventually start to walk over you. You know, not fully, but they start to kind of like teeter around you and yep. do what they want to do and not listen to you. And the para life is tough because you want all the kids to really like you a lot because it makes sense that they would listen to you more. But then there's like a, a line and it's a hidden line. And once you cross that hidden line that can't really be seen with any kid, you're screwed as a para. So para life is insane. Dude, yeah. I mean, I, I want to get back to what we were talking about, but I just got to share a quick story about my mom. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. So my mom was a para from like 95 to like 2008, but she worked with uh, behavior kids, like high behaviors. And she, you know, you like you were talking about like, you know, you want the kids to like you, but some kids did not. And my mom ended up getting hit in the back. And she had to like retire essentially because of it. So, I've seen that. So yeah, like the the para life is no joke, dude. Like it's you said, no joke. The kids are yeah, and some some kids they will 
uh, get physical. And I, I've seen that as well at a school that I worked at. A teacher uh, was injured by a kid that was swinging or flailing, you know, and it's it's insane. Like, and it, of course, you would ne- you can't be physical with these kids ever. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it gets to that point where you kind of have to just be be there and the kids doing this and eventually somebody there's people that are trained to um you know intervene intervene yeah let's use that there's like you know it's called cpi training and so you know if if you're not cpi trained you you know sometimes you have to just take it and and i've been that way where you just the kid just hits you kicks you and you just that's it and eventually you know some you know somebody they come pretty quick you have walkies and stuff so and it's, you know, usually you're never in any actual danger. So, um, but it's in that instance, like with your, with your mom, it's insane. Like she had to retire cause she was hit so hard and it's, it's crazy. Para, yeah. And the paras are the ones that usually get the blunt of that. You know, I'm sure teachers do eventually too, but, uh, well, everyone's a teacher, but you know, classroom teachers do. Um, but yeah, para life is insane, but yeah. So eventually I, went to like Metro State University. I went to School of Urban Education there and uh, really honed in my skills and whatnot and did student teaching and did, uh, what do you call them, practicums and whatnot. And yeah, eventually I just got a teaching job and started teaching and that's what I do now. And yeah, it's just crazy. Like I, no one would have ever thought I'm a te- I would be a teacher. Anyone that finds out now, they're kind of like, no way, seriously? You're a teacher? Oh, that's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, but I think it's it's good to have, like, the background that I did. And I think it, it really does help me. I mean, it's it's really evident. Like, just the sharing, being able to share some experiences with kids. Like, I teach eighth grade. So I can, I can literally, like, get them to realize, because I'm right in front of, in front of them telling them, that they have one year to really figure it out because my story with them always is I didn't try. So by the time I got to senior year and realized that my, you know, what my GPA was and that I wouldn't go to colleges or anything like that. And especially for hockey, like, I mean, it's, it kicked into overdrive and it was too late. You can't, you can get straight A's senior year, which is almost what I did. I was very close. A's a, A's and a couple of B's still didn't really change my GPA. It was already too bad, you know, and, and it eventually got me where to a point where colleges were like, well, you can't even get accepted into here until you do all these tests and this and that. And like, and you're definitely not going to play hockey, you know? So, uh, yeah, like I'm, I can share that with these kids. And so I think that helps. And then as far as the behavior stuff goes, I mean, I don't know, there were teachers that knew how to work with me. And I think I'm able to use what some of those teachers they didn't necessarily teach me, but I can, you know, learn from how they interacted with me and I apply that into my teaching now. So I think like my background really helps for teaching and I'm, it's, this is like my, my fit. I think everyone needs to like figure out like what their thing is in life. And that's one thing for education for me is like, that's my thing. I'm like really good at doing what I do. That's the one thing I might stink at podcasting kind of, but Nah, dude, <laughs> you're you're dope all around, man. <laughs> but yeah, the teaching is uh, that's my thing. That's my passion for sure. I'm proud of you, man. Because yeah, I, I wish that I would have had uh, like a teacher as a mentor. Um, because to be honest with you, like I don't remember. Like I mean, I remember some of my teachers in school, but like I don't. I didn't have that like loving like um, mentor teacher moment until I went to IPR um which you know is audio engineering school um and then i met you know these teachers that were you know very much like mentors and stuff like that but i wish i would have had you know a teacher like you you know back in the day because i feel like i i i could have used that extra attention and that extra you know push and love because when i when i moved to i i, I actually like long story but i i date it back to third grade when i moved to minnesota um from california the school system there was so behind. And when I moved to Minnesota, uh, to Plymouth, um, you know, to like a suburban, like nicer school than what I was used to in California, they were all like eons ahead of where I was. Like they, like, for example, you know, we were like just starting multiplication and division in California. They, these kids already 
freaking knew all of it basically um and like that right there like i should have been held back in third grade like there is no reason why i should have kept going because then like i never caught up years and years and years and i was a super senior i ended up graduating late um in the 2004 school year when i was supposed to graduate 2003 um which ended up being a good thing because i graduated with a couple best friends and um i had a girlfriend at the time and prom was great my super senior year so that was that was great but like um I, I didn't end up going to college right after after high school either um i waited 10 years actually i mean like i said like i at 20 years old i started at the community center and i didn't do shit other than like making beats and going to this like you know uh part-time job and you know doing making albums and stuff you know which was fine in retrospect but at the same time it's like i like i said i wish i would have had more mentors to help push me and help you know notice my talents and stuff like that and help guide me you know yeah i want to touch on the mentor thing for sure but real quick did you uh do you wish looking back do you wish that you were held back oh yeah so you think being held back would have been more beneficial and it's always weird to look back on life and say i wish this changed because then you don't know where your life would be now but like you know, if we could keep it just centered into the high school portion and everything else was what it is now, you know, you wish you were held back. You think it would have helped? Either that or like, like I said, like having some great freaking teachers that would like, you know, take me aside and like really like help, yeah. you know, extra help. For um, sure. Because, you know, like at the same time, it's like kids, kids need that extra help, but sometimes they don't want it because they don't like, like the teachers or like they don't, you know, want to spend extra time, you know, after school or talking with them or whatever you know um yeah so in retrospect i do think it would have been more beneficial if i was held back in third grade i asked because that's it's always a topic of conversation especially with what's gone on with covid oh yeah i'm sure some schools some districts i mean the numbers when it was distance learning nobody kids didn't show up and if they were in there they were playing video games while they were on their you know their screens and you know, if you didn't have them have their cameras on, you you didn't know what they were doing. And oh, I'm, yeah. they were playing video games and on their phone because that's what they do in class anyway, if you yep. if you allow it. So there's no way they were paying full attention. So kids, kids really almost they didn't get a full education this year or at the end of last year um, until they honestly, I mean, until they were back in classes, I mean, because they're, they're kids and um, and maybe not everyone, but, you know a huge majority probably in this country. And that's the question. I mean, that's the topic of discussion. Like, should somebody be held back? You know, should, can you hold, hold kids back? Cause there's all these studies and statistics and all this stuff like that with that. But um, yeah, it's just, it, I never knew that about you, that you were, you know, really far behind and whatnot. And then you were a super senior. It's seeped into my thirties, bro. Like a lot of that. So yeah, I mean, it, education is so important, bro. And it's, it's so, um, I mean, we know that, like, everybody, like, obviously we know that, but, like, it's just, I think it's super important to have better teachers and people like you, you know? Yeah, and, like, you know, going back to the mentor thing, I mean, that stinks that you never had a teacher like that. I was lucky enough to have one teacher like that, um, and she's a mentor to me now as I as I am going into my teaching career as I had recently just started it, so... Um, Everyone needs those mentors. And, and I really try. That's one thing I do. And if any teachers are listening to this or, pro, you know, prospective teachers are listening to this, it's the one thing I try to do is you need to talk to every kid every time, every every class period. You need to go up to every single student that's in your classroom and have some interaction with them. Absolutely. Every single classroom. And that I'm, I someday want to be that type of person that's like at TED Talks telling people how to be a teacher yep. and how to... Even if I'm not the smartest English major out there, which I'm not, not even close, but I'm probably going to be one of the better building relationships with kids and, you know, getting kids to, you know, latch on and heed to what you're saying. And that's one thing you need to talk to every single kid. And that's something actually I've gotten feedback from my students where like, you've always reached out, you know, you always try to talk to everyone. Like kids have written those and those like teacher appreciation week letters they wrote. You talk to everyone. You you always make everyone feel like they're important. You, um, thank you for talking to me. I don't feel like some of my teachers talk to me that often. Like, what? 
you need yeah. to talk to every single yeah. kid and like that stinks you you it sounds like you didn't have a teacher that you know it, you don't even have to go out of your way but just you know say something to each kid at the very least say hi when they walk in right. the classroom make them feel like they aren't just a body walking through your classroom you know yep. they're they're kids they're awesome they're our future so that's why you know yeah like we said education is so important and stuff and yeah things you didn't have a mentor like that yeah and uh, i mean i i there are certain people that i can kind of say like we're mentors and stuff like that but that is one of the biggest reasons why like like you know i loved like being a mentor to you when when I was you know working at the teen center and like so on like throughout my life and you know music career you know I've been mentors for younger artists it's because I never had stuff like that and you need that in a school you need that yeah. in a school setting to to almost enjoy school you you kind of do need that yeah and and I think I think even like discovering and I don't know if you do this at all but uh, like discovering what each kid's kind of talent is now like yes. early you know. It's my favorite thing to do. I mean, and the kids, I mean, you'll never guess what some kids are super into or what they do. I mean, like I have a student that is an amazing writer. I would, I would put money on it. If it was a bet in Vegas, I would put money that this person is going to be an author someday. Um, they're just that good at writing and they have that much of a passion. I have another one that, you know, of course you always have students that are great at sports and whatnot. I have other students that just um, love music, make tons of music and, I, oh, I subs I substituted a, a music class the other day, a couple oh, that's of weeks dope. Uh, last week. The kid, the fifth graders, they're in there using GarageBand, uh, putting loops together and beats and stuff like that. I mean, shout out to that music teacher. I mean, obviously they're using the technology at their disposal, but we didn't have that in school. I, you know, we I would have loved music class. Dude, if straight That's up. what we were doing. I mean, they're making beats, they're putting stuff together, and they were the kids are all showing me. It's the first time I'm meeting them. I'm like, you want to hear my thing? And then they got all these different sounds going on GarageBand at the same time. And, and it sounds decent. It's like, look at you. You're going to be like Skrillex or something someday. Like, Dude, that's so dope, cool. man. Like, I'm so jealous of the technology the kids have now, man. Because yes. I, I, I mean, I got into making beats like on computers when I was uh, 17. So like 2002. But even then, like it wasn't really a thing. And now it's like everywhere. You know, and like you're saying, like you're saying, like, it's in schools now and shit, you know, like I wish we would have had that shit. Like yeah. it would have been crazy if I was, you know, younger and, and I used to make like sketch comedy with my mom's VHS. Um, I wish that I would have kept doing that and like got into YouTube super early. So like, like I said, like catching these kids early and like, you know, hone, helping them hone their talents and like interests and building on that, I think is so beneficial. And the, the next generation is going to be beastly, bro. They are. Like, they truly straight are straight up. People need to wrap their head around that. Yep. They do. Straight I up. I mean, they I'll say this. They might have um worse handwriting than the previous generations. Yeah, for sure. They might not have some of the um, I don't know what what kind of skills you want to call them, but they're you know, there's just some, like cursive. Like these kids aren't gonna know cursive. Right. There's and there's other big bigger things that they are not gonna know or they don't need to know that we know um or had to know because that's what life was like then but they're gonna be dominant in anything tech wise yeah, or thinking sure. futuristically science math stuff i mean they're i even at the eighth grade seventh grade level i mean the things that they're able to do on with the computers and such i never thought i would look at a kid and go yeah you're more tech savvy than me Cause I always thought like I was the tech savvy one to the adults. Same, yeah. Like I was the one showing, you know, everyone how to change the input on the TV, you know, and getting the computer on and stuff like that. I was tech savvy, and now these kids are out here writing code in like fourth grade. We, we never That's would we nuts. have done that in school. Yeah. They're writing code. They are making music. They are building machines in science class stuff like STEM. They are, and like the real world applications that they have are just different. Like the there was always those times when i was in school where we sat there and we were like why are we learning this nobody even does this anymore right yep. like i hate to say this but like some of the like finance stuff that we learned i've never once utilized oh, any yeah. of the finance things that they taught us because yep. immediately after high school finance was like it was it was cards debit cards you know credit cards whatever it wasn't like writing, writing this and yeah. doing that you know and it's like we we're learning how to do like a 
some cash thingy, like writing a all this different stuff. I write checks. Everyone needs to know that. But there was stuff we learned that was just like pointless. And these kids now, they're like, they do like auctions and they learn stuff and they're, they're, they're realizing like, you know, with fake money stuff, they're realizing like the value of certain things and what happens when there's not enough uh, supply of something, like how it, the cost raises, oh, like they're doing the activity. Yeah. They're, they're, they're learning that stuff through activities and actually doing it and they're building cities and like STEM classes and, you know, uh, they have money, they have to buy supplies to make like uh, trebuchets and stuff like that. Like, they're just doing things that are going to help them when they get out of high school and whatnot. Yeah. You saying that and talking about GarageBand, I totally forgot about this. And you saying STEM like reminded me of this. Um, two years ago, I had the honor of uh, helping a like a summer STEM program, um, being like an assistant teacher because this guy, when I went, because I, I went back to IPR for six months to get another degree because I only needed like a few credits. Um, that was just two years ago. And um one of my teachers laid down a phone number and didn't say much was just like this guy needs help um you know anybody who needs a gig call this guy and i was like all right and like i was never really like that before i was never like uh, you know i would the other kids are kind of like oh, whatever and i would just wrote down the guy's number and i'm like fuck it and you know i wrote i called him up and i was like hey man uh you know kevin bow said you got this opportunity whatever and he's like yeah you know i'm i'm a teacher and i need uh help with teaching these kids how to record podcasts and how to like do this and that. And, um, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. That would be sweet. Um, and so I, I helped teach this, this STEM class, um, and met this girl who I actually need to hit up. Um, and she, she, uh, my, the teacher, the guy that hired me, uh, brought me in her side and was like, Hey, she's a really good singer. Like you should, you know, like help her like learn beats and stuff like that. So like, as I was teaching these kids, like podcasting stuff, I would like, like bring this girl to like a room essentially. And like, like I help her like construct a beat and she wrote the craziest song, bro. And like, I'm still like, I still think about it every now and then I'm like, I need to finish that with her. Like I need to hit her up. I think she's like probably graduated. Cause she was probably like a, like a, sophomore or junior but um back then so she's probably like graduated like last year or something but like a bunch of personal stuff happened and i just wasn't able to like finish that with her but like you saying that reminded me of just like like i was able to like show her a few things and like i didn't really like i was hands-on but like i i didn't spend a whole lot of time i would just kind of like check on her and be like oh okay try this this and this and like come back and she would like have all this crazy stuff and I'd help her structure the song, but she wrote all the lyrics herself. And I'm like, holy shit, like the the hook is catchy, the verses and it all makes sense. And I'm like, damn, what the fuck? Like That's insane. Yeah. It was it was it was crazy. It was like a crazy like the the like I said, like the next generation is just gonna have crazy skills, bro. Yeah. And that feeling you had when they were doing all that stuff probably was just awesome. Like, oh, yeah. You know, just that showing them something. And even like you said, like you weren't like fully hands on, but you're just like, oh, yeah, try this, do this, you know, maybe do this instead or whatever you were showing her. And then they run with it. And that's the awesomeness with these kids is like, you know, you don't have to hold it, you know, handhold them through school. You know, you just kind of give them some ideas, throw, throw this here, sprinkle a little of this here. And then they run with it and they're, you know, their brains are going to start functioning and doing all that stuff so it's, it's really cool to see but yeah that's awesome that you got to do that i remember you posted something about that on facebook like you were doing that type of gig so when you said that i remembered that that's uh that's awesome that you did that you were a teacher yeah and and like you talking about this i'm like damn should i should i teach it's fun i mean it's and the thing is is like nowadays like you i mean i don't you could do a, you could be a music teacher. I mean, then there's more specific things. There's like some of the, you know, arts academies and stuff. Music yeah, academy that's what schools. I was thinking. Something like that. Yeah, they do uh, more specific classes that would be music oriented where you, you could be at like a performing arts school and you could be teaching kids how to record audio and do this and put beats together. Like all, all these things that would be so or podcasting even like that's what the, the those are literally some of the electives that kids have now. Like, I'm sure some high school in America has a podcasting elective. Yeah, or, I bet. Uh, you know, audio. There's definitely audio classes now in in high schools and stuff. So like, there are those specific teachers, and 
the good thing is like there's teachers that could be full time doing that or you could be like a third of the day a fourth a fifth of the day or whatever like you know could just a class or a few classes like that's the cool thing with those those gigs now is like you can be a very specific teacher and teach these kids that trade or whatever it is and get out of there and you shape some lives and help some kids grow and learn something that's so important bro and i i appreciate you and i appreciate the fact that you do that now man that's crazy um so back to the roses that be um what is your ultimate goal uh with the podcast my ultimate goal honestly is to to be like the the most known bachelor podcast out there uh i i would love to have everyone that's been on the show um that's still with us to share their story and i'd love to have like this huge catalog of just you know you go watch the seasons and then you can watch an episode and or listen to an episode and hear that person's story and such and yeah i just want to be like the most ultimately i want to be the most known bachelor podcaster i want to be like the go-to this is the place for the interviews that's what i want and um honestly i think that's realistic but if we're gonna go a little bit more down to earth as far as like goals i just want to if I kept the same amount of listeners that I'm getting now and just kind of plateaued for growth and everyone kept coming on and I could continue it and just get everyone's story out there, like I'd be happy. It's just fun even talking to these people and doing that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I want to, I want to dominate this thing. Like I want people to be like, yeah, roses that be is the podcast. If you want to, you know, get interviews or in-depth stuff with bachelor content and whatnot. I see that happening, man. I, I feel like from the very beginning, like, I mean, I heard how serious you were when you even brought the idea. Um, and like you, your goal and like the, your, your drive for this has not wavered at all, you know? And like, you, you've been consistent as fuck. I mean, and we both have like with, you know, as far as like you sending me the stuff I need every Friday, um, or like even before that, I mean, but like, uh, I get to work on the edit Saturday and you upload right after it's just been every single week. And you like, I'm like, damn, like another one, another one, another one, like all these different people every week. I'm like, damn, sooner or later, you're going to be interviewing every single bachelor contestant ever. That's the goal. And it's crazy. Cause I, this is really, you know, based off of your description, it might not sound like it, but this has been on the back burner of my days. Like it's, I, it's always on my mind. I'm, I always know that I got to get this stuff done, right? Like that's why maybe on a Saturday morning is when I'm sending you the intro outro. Um, and it's just like, cause I, I was, I'm a teacher. Like I, that takes precedent obviously. And then yeah. there's, you know, some other things that you just, you know, life that you have to deal with. And it's like, um, it's, I wish it's been like my full focus. I'd love to see what it would be like with my full, full focus. But like, yeah, it's been consistent. I've been trying to get my, like, I have my goals set. Um, You know, there's been pieces where it's like, okay, who do I interview next? But like, luckily it's just continued to grow and whatnot. The problem is is a lot of people want to talk later. You know, they're like, let's wait till the summer. Let's do this. So I have a lot scheduled for her June, you know? And it's like, okay, now I got to get to June. Like I'm kind of running on, four or five recordings right now that, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it's been consistent. I've worked hard with it and whatnot. And, um, and it's grown each week. That's been the thing. Like there was a period of time where I don't know how your like numbers and stuff look, but, and I don't know how a lot of people's numbers and stuff look, but like, as far as mine go, there was like one week where it kind of dipped, right? Like I had a really great week. I had my best week and then it dipped. Um, and, and, and then the next week it shot back up. But I mean, on that dip there, you started to question like, all right, is it dead? Like, right. did I mess it up or something like that? Is it not going to fly or whatnot? And then, you know, then you bounce back with like the best weeks and then they're consistent, you know? And so it's grown each time. And that's, that's helped too. Like just seeing, even if it was one more listener per week, it's like, it helps. It, it motivates you to keep it going. And, and luckily it, it is it is growing a lot. So it's like, it's been fun to kind of see the growth and whatnot. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I know that like my podcast with nice minds, it's going to be a very organic growth. Um, and I'm not really pushing growth because I'm so busy with so many different projects. So I'm not like as focused on like, Oh, I gotta like, 
promote here and here and here and here. And like, I got to, you know, paying attention to the numbers. Cause like, I just don't have time to, you know? And so, um, my goal with, with the podcast is to, to try a whole year of every Friday, um, dropping and see how that goes. Um, so I, my first one, I dropped, uh, January 1st and I've consistently kept it going every Friday. Um, and sometimes, you know, twice a week, uh, and so my goal is to go the whole year um, with every Friday. And then after that, I might kind of reassess and then, you know, see what I can, um, how I can grow this. And, you know, I, I eventually I want to get like, you know, some bigger names and uh, stuff like that. Some, you know, bigger artists and bigger, you know, creative people and stuff like that. And I have my list of, of you know, possible people and stuff like that. It's awesome that that's your goal to get one each week. And yeah, like you said, you've done that each week. Um and you'll get there. I mean, that's for sure. I have, I have no doubt that you'll actually end up doing it for a full year. And that, that's been my thing too, though. Like it's, it's tough to, it is actually a little tough to get it out each week. Like, yeah. And luckily, like I have you doing all the hard stuff. Right. Yeah. I got me doing all the hard stuff, yeah, hard stuff with so my stuff and your stuff. And like, stuff. yeah. Yeah. So. You're doing a lot. So like your, the work that you have to put in to make your podcast happen is, you know, times 10 compared to, you know what I have to do. I just have yeah. to make sure I get the recordings in there, put the notes in there, and uh, get the audio and all that, and we're, you know we're good to go. Then you work the magic, but it's worth it. Yeah, dude, it's. I just want to say, it. if anyone's listening, that's like starting a podcast, and you don't use. Obviously, you need to use Nice Guy if you're gonna use. You know, need audio production, but uh, hell yeah, if you don't use audio production, it's it's a game changer people will if you go look at people's comments go look at like normal podcasts you know not huge huge podcasts and that have a decent amount of listeners and you'll see comments or reviews that say like ah the audio's shit i'm not going to listen to it you know stuff like that yep. and and the, and people will stop listening just because the audio isn't that good and i you know i think we've all listened to a podcast where you're kind of like oh you know, shoot. Okay. that was actually really loud or, okay, I can't hear them. I have to turn this up and keep switching the volume or whatever. And so if you're not doing that, do it. It'll change your podcast. If you're a podcaster, I mean, I guarantee it'll get you more listens. People will latch on to it and they want that. They need good quality. I mean, long-term especially is what I've been reading from articles and such. It's like, eventually you hit a point where people won't listen because of a quality of the show. They'll go yeah. to the better quality show. I mean, it's like, well, imagine watching a HD movie and then having to go watch a VHS from 2004 of that same movie. You're going to be like, what is this? Definitely, man. And I, I've gotten, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, I'm a, I'm an audio dude. You know, I went to audio school. I am in massive debt because of my audio education. So like audio and making things sound good is very important to me. Um, like video for me, like, like doing this video on YouTube is secondary. Like I don't give a shit. Like one of these days I'm going to learn like proper video, like, you know, clear, you know, 1080p, 4k, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll learn all that shit. But, um, audio is, is obviously top priority for me as like a audio engineer. So, um, so yeah, definitely making the shit sound good, man. And I'm, I'm super honored that you came to me for your podcast, man. At the end of the day, thanks for being a friend uh, to the annoying kid at the the community center. So it ended up working out in your favor. So absolutely, uh, you know, because no, and that's why, like, I ended up even throwing it at you. I know we started this by talking about how, like, I threw the idea your way about the podcast, and uh, that's why I threw it your way in the first place. Because like, you were you're the one person that I do know that has done a lot of things, like ideas. Like you talked about sketch comedy earlier. Like I remember when you were talking about like, yeah, I want to like do sketch comedy and like make these videos and like. And you actually ended up doing a little bit of that, yeah. and then audio stuff too, releasing the albums. Like you, you've created things, you've done things, and then you made your podcast too. So it was like, ah, I definitely got to throw this Brandon's way, and just to bounce it off of you. And really, in the last in the last few months, we've talked a lot. But prior to that, I mean, we'd touch base every once in a while, maybe yeah. like once a year or so. Um, but it's I've always had that in my mind. Like Brandon's the Brandon's like the maker of things. Brandon's the creator, which is crazy because that's what we're talking about, the creative minds right now. So, um, yeah, there's no one else I would have tried to bounce that podcast idea off of that's in my contacts, that's for sure. Absolutely, man. I, I really appreciate that, man. And, and 
Yeah, it's because of clients like you uh, that I continue to do this shit, man, and and am able to continue to do what I do, you know? So, man, so, like, I, I have endless uh, gratitude for, for you and um, what you do in our friendship, man. It means a lot to me. Same to you, my man. Same to you. Well, thank you for joining me today, man. Do you have any last words for the people? Ooh, I do this to my guests too. And I know. Wow, I just felt that rush of. I like, think you copied it from words. me. I think you copied it. Oh, I might. <laughs> hey, no, just mum's the word. Mum's the word. Ah, uh, final words for the people. Um, as it relates to this podcast, just if you have ideas in your head, and you think it's a possibility that those ideas could like come to fruition. I mean, it always is a possibility, but just do it. Try it. You know, utilize the hour in your day that you might have to like do something that you hadn't done before to try new things. It's, I mean, it got me to this point right here. That's, you know, doing the podcast and being on nice mind. So, um, just do the things that are in your head, try new things and have fun with it and, and love life, love life. And I'll copy you for a second. Dan Bianco, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs>